Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Tons to do today. And by the way, I should tell you up front here, I will not be here the rest of this week or Monday. I'm going to Israel to interview the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, for my Fox program, Life, Liberty, and Levin, this Sunday. So, I leave tomorrow evening. I get there the next day. Then we interview the, the Prime Minister... And there are only so many flights that return on any given uh, day, every other day, basically. So that explains the schedule. But I've been invited to interview him. It is a crucial election. The election is, I don't know, what, two, two and a half, three weeks away? So I didn't want to miss the opportunity to do that. And I hope you'll watch it this coming Sunday. Obviously, the interview hasn't taken place yet. But it'll be uh, an important interview here in the United States and, of course, in the state of Israel and throughout the world. So I hope you'll watch. Who is Oscar Lopez Rivera? Anybody know? Man, do we have good stuff tonight. Stick with us. Oscar Lopez Rivera. That's somebody President Trump did not pardon. Today, it's... Somebody who sentenced the president did not commute today because that person received special treatment by Barack Obama. So you're hearing the usual idiots like Bernie Sanders go off about how the president's protecting the rich and the famous. But he had no problem. No problem when Obama pardoned Gave a full pardon to Oscar Lopez Rivera. Now, Oscar Lopez Rivera is not just an ordinary terrorist. He's not even just an ordinary FALN terrorist. As was explained by Chris Reeves at Town Hall a couple years back, President Trump considers her moves forward with pardons. We're taking a look. January 2017 is commutation of the 55-year sentence of Puerto Rican terrorist Oscar Lopez Rivera, one of the principal leaders of the FALN. During the group's heyday from 1974 to 1983, the FALN was responsible for more than 130 bombings across the United States, the deadliest of which was the 1975 Francis Tavern bombing in Manhattan. They killed four people. And wounded 63. We're not going to relive this. I'm just pointing it out. 
In the following years, FALN members threatened to blow up U.S. nuclear facilities, kidnap Democrat and Republican presidential campaign workers at gunpoint during the 1980 race, even planned to kidnap President Reagan's son, Ron, in 1981. The FALN's stated purpose for all this mayhem and terror was to create a Marxist and independent government in Puerto Rico similar to that of the communist Castro regime in Cuba. Now, while these activities were taking place, Lopez was at the top of the FALS chain of command. He played a primary role in training new terrorist members to construct homemade explosive devices and conduct bombing attacks. Lopez was also involved in planning armed robberies to help fill the financial coffers of the group. In May 1981, Lopez's infamous career was brought to an end when police arrested him at a traffic stop after catching him with a fake ID and a pistol and with a filed-down serial number. And using the address provided by Lopez's fake ID, Chicago police searched the apartment there. They found a cache of explosives, blasting caps, timers, an instructional manual for bomb-making, and five years earlier, Lopez had first gone into hiding from authorities after a similar bomb factory was discovered in his apartment, also in Chicago, by federal investigators. Now, despite the strong circumstantial evidence against him, Lopez was never conclusively connected to any specific bombing, but was still convicted of seditious conspiracy, attempted robbery, grand theft auto, and the illegal possession of weapons and explosives. His initial 55-year prison sentence was extended another 15 years in 1987 after Lopez and two Weather Underground terrorists were caught plotting to fly a helicopter loaded with machine guns and hand grenades into Lopez's prison yard at Leavenworth. Lopez intended to use the weapons cache to murder the prison's guards, make his escape, and then go back into hiding to carry on his communist struggle against the United States. Even with his astonishing record of murder and treason, Lopez attracted a great deal of support from the mainstream American left and the Democrat Party when Obama commuted the FALN sentence. As Politico reported, Obama's decision was greeted with elation. Spontaneous celebrations broke out in San Juan. Luis Gutierrez, a Democratic congressman from Illinois, he represents the West Side Chicago neighborhood which Lopez grew up, said in a statement he was overjoyed and overwhelmed by Lopez's release. Oscar's a friend, a mentor, and a family to me, wrote Gutierrez. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who lobbied hard for Lopez's commutation, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio both offered Obama their thanks. Now, that's Sanders. President of the United States commutes to time serve Governor Rod's sentence. He gives a full pardon to Courage and Milken. And Bernie Sanders is furious. Why in the world would Barack Obama give a pardon to a terrorist like this who, by the way, Never renounced terrorism. Never renounced one thing that he had done or planned. Nothing. This is why Bill Clinton passed 
on pardoning him or commuting his sentence. But Barack Obama steps in and gives him a full pardon. Barack Obama, popular among the media. The Democrats tell us he's the most magnificent thing since Moses. And yet they trash Donald Trump for the pardons and commutations he issues today. It's a violent terrorist who gets a pass by Obama. Nobody accuses him of abuse of power. Nobody accuses him of anything. That's why history is important. That's why I'm here, to provide context. And I wanted you to know who Oscar Lopez Rivera is as the networks breathlessly report on the president's pardons and commutations. As if he's done something terrible. Which also brings me to the Roger Stone matter. This federal judge is every bit the Obama partisan I told you she was. And she said today, in her arrogance and her egomaniacal way, that she is going to sentence Roger Stone on Thursday, period. And there's nothing that prevents her from sentencing him, even if Stone's lawyers challenge his conviction. She intends to sentence him anyway. Of course, that's the cart before the horse. What she should have announced today, if she were a serious jurist who was concerned about what actually took place in her courtroom, the injustice of it, is that she would conduct an immediate investigation into the foreman, or she would direct the Department of Justice to do so under some time limitation. She did neither. Neither. She could care less. She listens to what Pelosi has to say. She listens to what Schumer has to say. She no doubt watches MSNBC and CNN. For all the talk about President Trump interfering in the Stone case, when he hasn't interfered at all, it's the Democrats and their pressure and their mob tactics that interfere with justice all the time that pushed the appointment of a special counsel against the President of the United States, that pushed for a phony (laughs) impeachment, that demand grand jury information, that pressure the FISA courts to violate their responsibilities. It's the Democrats who interfere with justice all the time as they seek political scalps. The fact of the matter is, once again, Amy Berman Jackson, Obama appointee federal judge, conducts herself in a terribly partisan way, and she should never, ever have been appointed, let alone confirmed to the federal bench. Never. Never. Meanwhile... There's an association out there. You may have heard of this. I hadn't heard of this. There's an association of federal judges out there. You don't say. Association of federal judges? 
And what is this association of federal judges up to? Well, they're very upset with the way in which the President of the United States tweeted. USA Today, Federal Judges Association calls emergency meeting after DOJ intervenes in the case of Trump ally Roger Stone. Now that is a run-on propaganda sentence by USA Today's Kevin Johnson. A National Association of Federal Judges has called an emergency meeting to address growing concerns about the intervention of Justice Department officials and President Trump in politically sensitive cases, the group's president said Monday. And what intervention is it that bothers them? That the president goes on social media and comments? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something. The president is commenting on a sentence proposal by the executive branch. In other words, the president is commenting on a proposal that his government is making in the executive branch. He learns about it the first time, as apparently did the attorney general, and he condemns it. The president doesn't report to line attorneys in the interim U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, D.C. They report to him, ultimately. They're not even in the Constitution. The office isn't even in the Constitution. The department isn't even in the Constitution. The crime isn't even in the Constitution. The president doesn't even interfere. He doesn't direct the line attorneys to do anything. He doesn't direct the attorney general to do anything. Obviously, under our Constitution, he has that power. It's granted to him whether the media and these associations and petitioners like it or not. The question is whether he should do it. And the president has not done it. That's a different question, as I keep pointing out. But four-line attorneys don't control what the executive branch chooses to do. And those four-line attorneys threatened the interim U.S. attorney that they would walk and create all kinds of tumult for him if he didn't buckle to their blackmail and agree to their terms. And he did, because he's a coward. But Bill Barr's not a coward. He's concerned about justice and the position that the government takes vis-a-vis a citizen. And he pulled back the proposal, which is his job and is his, and is his right. So now the department and the attorney general are under full-scale attack by the same Democrats and the same mobsters in social media that back Bernie Sanders and Mike Bloomberg. And they want you to believe that they really care about an independent Department of Justice. Tell me, when is the last time there's been an independent Department of Justice? Under Obama? Under Clinton? I don't think so. Was Eric Holder independent? Was Loretta Lynch independent? How about Jim Comey and McCabe? Were they independent? The top positions of the Justice Department are appointed by the President, confirmed by the Senate. They're political. Now, they're supposed to do justice. But sometimes you've got to make policy calls. And what the left means by independent is you must advance their ideological agenda. So these judges, I don't know who Judge Cynthia Roof is. 
And I don't know who these other judges are who run this association. But they've jumped into the political void while pretending they are appalled by the politics of it all. President should keep doing what he's doing. Be mindful of whether or not what he's doing is harmful to what the Attorney General is trying to do. The Attorney General must continue to plow ahead if true justice is to be done. I'll be right back. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. There is, as you know, a Democrat debate tomorrow. All eyes are on Michael Bloomberg. It's good that eyes, at least, are on Michael Bloomberg. But I want to talk about Bernie Sanders for a moment. Virtually every prominent anti-Semite who has endorsed a Democrat candidate is endorsing Bernie Sanders. Why is that? Ever hear of Amir Zahn? Ever hear of Linda Sarsour? Ever hear of Rashida Talib? Ever hear of Omar? It's a long list that goes on and on of individuals and organizations that are Jew haters and Israel haters that are openly surrogates for the Bernie Sanders campaign, embraced by the Bernie Sanders campaign. Is there a single serious journalist who will be moderating the Democrat debate tomorrow night who will confront Bernie Sanders on the anti-Semitism that he breeds. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. 
Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Plastic Conservative Fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. So the question is, Bernie Sanders is the voice of, and celebrated by some of the most poisonous, Jew-hating anti-Semites in America. I mean this. And what he says is, he's Jewish. So what? What does that have to do with anything? It's a funny way of showing it. Remember how many times I've told you, if you hate America, you hate Israel. <clears throat> you might even hate Jews. Bernie Sanders attracts these people. Linda Sarsour. Amir Zar. Talib. Omar. Who do you think Hamas is rooting for in America's presidential election? Bernie Sanders. They want Bernie Sanders. Why? Now, here's what's amazing to me. <coughs> The head of this blue and white party in Israel, this is his party that was concocted to try and take out Netanyahu. It's a combination of disparate elements, some who claim to be right of center, left of center, ultra-liberal, and Arab parties that don't even support the state of Israel. Now, while they wouldn't serve in the government, they can still vote. So there's Bernie Sanders. And this guy, Gantz, Benny Gantz, the leader of the Blue and White Party. He has, among his advisors, two individuals who have referred to the President of the United States in so many words as Adolf Hitler. He has, among his advisors, the top pollster for Obama, other consultants for Obama. So in other words, Benny Gantz is the Democrat Party's candidate in Israel. And Benny Gantz today announced that he wants to mend ties with America's Democrats, the Democrat Party, should he become prime minister. He's accusing the current prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, of basically being way too close and supportive of Donald Trump. I have tried to warn individuals in the Trump administration, individuals outside the Trump administration, on air, privately, every way I can, that should Benny Gantz become the Prime Minister of Israel, he will tap the brakes on the peace plan. He will tap the brakes. In other words, he will slowly but surely sabotage it, or so fundamentally alter it, it won't be the same. There is no way Bernie Sanders will support the Trump peace plan. Because his supporters, the Jew-hating anti-Semite circle that I began to describe to you, now there are other supporters too, but I'm talking about the ones I've identified. They wouldn't tolerate. They've condemned this plan. Bernie Sanders has condemned this plan. Hamas, Abbas, they've condemned this plan. The Arab League doesn't support the plan. 
So Benny Gantz is going to be the Democrat Party's guy in Israel. We also know this because the former ambassador to Israel from the United States, an American by the name of Dan Shapiro, who now, I believe, is a resident in Israel, he condemned the plan and he said the Democrats will never buy it. And part of the reason the Democrats will do this is not only because they have this growing hate for this state of Israel now, but it's also because they want the President of the United States to fail. He proposes this magnificent peace plan. They choose to wait until after the Israeli election for there to be some annexation of Judea and Samaria, the Jordan Valley, and so forth. Which is a huge risk if Netanyahu doesn't win. Certainly a huge risk for the people of Israel. But it's a huge risk for the president. Because what will have been a, a, a massive accomplishment could wind up being a massive setback. Because Benny Gantz, it's not in his interests to work with Trump and deliver him a peace plan, a success. He's already talking about making men's with the Democrats. Which Democrats? This is just me speaking, by the way. I don't speak for the government. I don't speak for the ambassador. I don't speak for the prime minister. I speak for Mark, as I always do. But is it not fascinating to you that here we are, with Bernie Sanders leading in the polls, participating in multiple debates, and not a single moderator has confronted him on the anti-Semites that he uses as surrogates and that he attracts. And by the way, if they do, they're going to have to be very, very resolute because what he'll do is he'll start attacking Trump, Netanyahu, and Israel. That's not the point. Attack them all you want. That's not the question. You have Jake Tapper, who's Jewish. You have Chuck Todd, who's Jewish. You have Wolf Blitzer, who's Jewish. All of them have had an opportunity, all of them, to press, to press Bernie Sanders, and not one of them has. If Donald Trump was attracting people like this, they'd be hounding him each and every day. As it is, the greatest friend of Israel is accused of anti-Semitism by these low lights and low lives. But the Democrat Party gets away with this. Nancy Pelosi gets away with it, with a phony resolution. Chuck Schumer gets away with it. Why should they? Why should they? How is it that Bernie Sanders is not confronted? Without his typical Marxist distraction about his problems Netanyahu, his problem is Netanyahu's racism and apartheid policies, his problem is Trump and his racism and apartheid. No, no, no. You old red Marxist throwback Soviet-style moron. We know who you are. We know what you are. Trotsky was Jewish too. Of course, Stalin wasn't. Lenin wasn't. 
But my point is, it's not good enough to say, well, of course I support Israel because I'm Jewish. Unfortunately, more and more, that has nothing to do with anything. And I'm trying to explain that, you know, to non-Jews. Look at these organizations, the Anti-Defamation League. Has the Anti-Defamation League condemned the people that Bernie Sanders is using as surrogates? Not once that I'm aware of. Why? Because the head of the Anti-Defamation League was a special assistant to Barack Obama. How about this far-left radical group called J Street? Which is an anti-Israel Jewish group dressed up as a Jewish group. The president of that organization was rubbing cheeks with Abbas a week or so ago. While they hate Netanyahu and condemn Netanyahu. Probably telling you more than you want to know, but I think many of you will find it interesting. Jews, non-Jews, evangelical Christians, non-Christians, and so forth. What's taking place? But let me swing back to Bernie Sanders. How does he get away with this? Where the media allows him to get away with this. These are surrogates that he appoints. These are surrogates who he embraces. Their histories are well known. They're on the internet. You can research them yourselves. Serious internet sites have exposed them. How does he get away with this? Virtually no scrutiny whatsoever as we move close to Super Tuesday, which isn't very far away. The American press is not informing the American people. The Democrat Party is trying to tamp down information about him. The New York Times, which has its own anti-Semitism problem, its own Holocaust-denying problem, has no problem with Bernie Sanders in this regard. None. Where are you, Philip Bump? Where are you, Maggie Haberman? Where are all you reporters and journalists? Where are you, Jeff Mother Zucker and Andrew Lack? Zucker's Jewish. He runs CNN. Lack's Jewish. He runs NBC. Where are they? I'll tell you where they are. Many years ago, Norman Podhoritz wrote a book about this. I had him on the program. For these individuals, their faith, he came to conclude, and I think he's exactly right, is liberalism. Their temple is the Democrat Party. That's who they are. That's what they are, first and foremost. And I would argue the Jake Tappers, the Wolf Blitzers, the Chuck Todds. This is what they live and breathe. Democrat Party liberalism. This is what they pray to. This is what they daven to. This is who they are. This is how they self-identify. They're not about to take it to Bernie Sanders. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. There's absolutely no defense, no justification for what's going on in this country, in the Democrat Party and in the media. None. None. It's shameless and shameful. Mr. Producer, when did it come to be that all these Brits, with their strong British accents, and I love British accents, don't you, America? I love the British accents. It's got that special sort of burping thing going on there. Sort of draws your attention. When did they become such experts on where we Americans should stand? I mean, I'm watching them now. With all due respect. I'm just asking. Next hour, and I'm not done with this Sanders thing. It's incredible to me how the media have covered up for this guy. But Bloomberg... There's a piece in the ultra-left-wing site called Business Insider. Michael Bloomberg built a $54 billion company for two decades. Women who work there have called it a toxic, sexually charged nightmare. Now, the media have tracked down everything related to the President of the United States. And they promoted Michael Avenatti. And they promoted a porn actress. And they argued that the president might be indicted. There might be a sealed indictment against the president of the United States in the Southern District of New York for violating the campaign laws. And Michael Cohen said he violated the... Remember we went through that crap for months too and I explained how that was all BS from top to bottom. Well, shouldn't Michael Bloomberg get the Donald Trump treatment? Beyond the business insider, which nobody probably sees but me. The business insider, which has little to do with business or insiders. But obviously they're not pulling from Michael Bloomberg. I don't really care. I know code pink Republicans and pseudo-populists and all that. Hey, they're going to screw Bernie again. Screw, Screw each other. Who cares? It's the radical left. They want to screw us. Not going to come to the defense of a Marxist anti Semite. He's not even a Democrat. Of course they want to screw him, but whatever. What do we care? That apparently the business insider doesn't like Michael Bloomberg. I don't like this guy either. 
I think he's got many loose screws, this guy. The way he talks about farmers and blue-collar workers. The way he talks about black and Latino youth, quite frankly, is outrageous. The way he talks about senior citizens who are ill. The way he talks about women. Well, Mark, you voted for Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't talk this way. You've got to dig into NBC and find something in their archives, which was set off the air. Throw it out there to try and stop Trump. But I'm not aware of systemic, toxic, sexually charged environments in the Trump business. Are you, Mr. Producer? He's been accused of everything, but he hasn't been accused of that. He hasn't been accused of that. But Michael Bloomberg has. The headline, Michael Bloomberg, Business Insider, that's the source, built a $54 billion company for two decades. Women who work there have called it a toxic, sexually charged nightmare. Really? Well, where's the New York Slimes pin? Well, maybe that's a toxic, sexually charged environment. Much like the the set there for... uh, for Scarborough, didn't one of his guys have to go, Mr. Producer? Halpern, right? Touchy-feely Mark. Or much like the Today Show set. Or much like the Charlie Rose Show set. Or much like Hollywood. All these liberal bastions of toxic, sexually charged environments. Bloomberg, the financial data firm that presidential candidate Michael Bloomberg founded in 1981, has repeatedly been described, says the article, as a sexualized, predatory environment in harassment and discrimination complaints from several women. A business insider investigation has found, oh my God, it's like Congress and all those secret settlements using our tax dollars. Well, let's talk about this a little bit more, shall we? I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I really do not like being away from radio at all. It is my passion. It's always been my passion since I was a kid. But when you have an opportunity to interview a historic figure like a Benjamin Netanyahu, really on the eve of a historic election, then... Of course I will. Uh, And uh, I don't make any bones about it. I am not a journalist. The difference between most journalists and me is, I admit I'm not a journalist, they lie. They're opinionists. A term that I've coined. And they're in the opinionism business, not the journalism business. 
I'm an opinionist and I'm in the opinionist business. Doesn't mean we don't make news. Doesn't mean we aren't interested in news and all the rest. That's not the point. I don't live a lie as a profession. They do. They do. They know exactly where they're coming from. Like giving Bernie Sanders a pass on his deep-rooted anti-Semitism and the deep-rooted anti-Semitism of a number of his top surrogate lieutenants. Now, this guy Bloomberg, he's an oligarch. That's what he is. He's an American oligarch. He bought his way into the mayor's office in New York. He bought himself a third term. I think I read he spent like $200 per voter, Mr. Producer, rather than just give it to them. He's an egomaniac, and he also wants to protect his relationships with a genocidal mass murderer, Xi, in Red China. Pretty sick stuff. As we pointed out here, the evidence we've presented, where he's trashed the American farmer, or he's trashed the American blue-collar worker, mocked them. Mocked them. You. Mocked you. Of senior citizens, he said, if you get ill, you get pancreatic cancer, something of that sort, too bad. Say goodbye and send them off. But if you're young, you get, you get health care. <clears throat> Including, apparently, if you're an illegal alien or a drug addict. So if you're 95 years old and you fought at Iwo Jima or Battle of the Bulge, I'm not saying you did, I'm just giving an example. Or let's say you're 80. And you fought in Vietnam. Or let's say you're 85 or 87 and you fought in Korea. And you get pancreatic cancer. Bloomberg's answer is too bad. Can't spend the money. Let's say you're a drug addict. And you're 28 years old. And you've knocked off a few retail stores here and there. He's saying you do get health care. Let's say you're an illegal alien. You come across the border. The minute you come across the border, the Democrats believe that person should get health care. But for cost purposes, if you're elderly, you should not. Tell me, is that the party you want? I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. And the kind of people Bernie Sanders is pulling around him could come out of the Third Reich. That's right, I said it. The way these people talk and the things that they say. Somebody has to have the guts to point it out. Somebody has to have the guts to speak out. Even though I'm condemned left and right. Too damn bad. People always say, why didn't anyone say anything? Well, I'm saying it. The man leading the Democrat Party right now is embracing an Islamo-Nazi mentality when it comes to the Jewish state. He hates America. Every proposal he has is not merely to fundamentally transform one institution or another. It's to burn them down to the ground. 
That's Marx. That's Engels. That's Hegel. And that's Alinsky. And it's Bernie Sanders. I'll say it. This guy Bloomberg. He's not well. He's unbalanced in my humble opinion. He's buying everything he can. Social media. Social media platforms. Memes. Trollers. Consultants. Operatives. Local. State. Federal. Driving up the cost of commercial time so other candidates can't afford it. Flooding the field. While he's ducked every single debate up until tomorrow. Every single state up until tomorrow. Donald Trump engaged in every debate and he fought in every state. And he didn't try and buy his way into the presidency. You don't hear from the media conflicts of interest. His own media organization says it will not report on him. Wow. It's amazing. But it will report on the other candidates. Emoluments clause, they say. How come they don't bring up the emoluments clause if Michael Bloomberg's elected president of the United States? The man's worth $54 billion. No words about conflicts of interest or potential conflicts of interest. You know nothing about his children. You know nothing about his ex-wife. You don't know a damn thing about the man. Why? Why do we know every date that Donald Trump went on and we know nothing about Bloomberg's past, his girlfriends, his wife, his children, and I'm quite serious. Nothing. Now let's go to this business insider piece, this left-wing site. Bloomberg, the financial data firm that presidential candidate Bloomberg founded in 1981, has repeatedly been described as a sexualized, predatory environment and harassment and discrimination complaints from several women. A business insider investigation is found. Chuck Todd hasn't reported this. He's still chasing Trump. He's still chasing hurricanes. Global warming. In court records going back 20 years, multiple women have accused Michael Bloomberg of permitting his company to become, in the words of one former employee, quote, a reckless playground for male senior executives (laughs) to target young, female, naive employees for sex. I know of no lawsuit like that against the Trump company. No systemic allegation. Two women, including one who filed a claim as recently as 2016, alleged they were sexually assaulted by Bloomberg LP executives and terminated after raising complaints. What's that guy's name? What is his name that chased down uh, Weinstein and the rest of them? I can't remember his name. Look like, looks like Frank Sinatra was his father. Well, what is his name? Well, try and Google it while I'm speaking. See if you can find him. 
Michael Bloomberg has been accused repeatedly in court records of making crude remarks, including telling employees, quote, you must, great, get a, you must be a great F. And I would like nothing more in life than to have Sharon Stone. Oh, jeez. Well, this makes what Trump said look like kindergarten play. While a spokesman has portrayed those sorts of comments as unfortunate episodes from decades ago. Ronan Farrow, that's it, buddy. Good. Where's Ronan Farrow on Bloomberg? Nowhere. Nowhere. I guess he has his limits. Bloomberg and his company have faced five active discrimination complaints as he launches his presidential bid. Marianne Oslowski and Margaret Doe of two different generations have similar tales. As Oslowski started her career in the 90s, Doe started 20 years later. Both women were in their 20s when they landed exciting new jobs in sales at a prestigious financial data firm. Both women said they walked into similar environments. Almost immediately, they felt like pieces of meat. They said older male colleagues made lewd sexual comments and pressured them to drink alcohol during work events. Conversations with powerful men at the company felt too personal. Azuski said her boss sent her a pager message with the return number of a porn shop. Doe said her boss described his adult whatever. They wanted it to stop, but they didn't want to sabotage their careers. Both women said it was challenging to find someone willing to listen. It was a private company run by the notoriously prickly billionaire who founded it and ruled it as its president and CEO. I think prickly, at least in part, is a good word for Bloomberg, without the Lee. He'd been frequently accused of making sexist remarks and leering at young women on his staff. Behavior, they said, fostered a macho culture throughout the company. Many women felt pressured to wear short skirts and heels, they said. The management structure was loose and undefined, and they felt that the HR department wouldn't listen. Both women said they left the company the same way. At the end of a night of drinking, they were sexually assaulted by a senior male colleague. After she finally built up the courage to tell someone that she'd been raped by a superior, Ozlewski said she was fired. Doe said the alleged assault sparked depression and anxiety that led to an extended medical leave. And these lawsuits come, uh, allegations come from lawsuits that Ozlewski and Doe filed 20 years apart against Bloomberg LP, the $54 billion firm that former New York City mayor and recently announced presidential candidate Michael Bloomberg founded in 1981. Time of the assaults, Bloomberg was the president and CEO. And it goes on. Mike has come to see that some of what he has said is disrespectful and wrong. Really. His spokesman, Stu Loser, exactly, told the New York Times, you know what's funny, Mr. Producer? You've been with me how many years now? Open your microphone. How many years have you been with me? Since day one, about 17 years? Have you ever known me to speak to any female who comes through here in any way like that? God, no. No. Is it really that hard to behave yourself? Shouldn't be. We have an environment here where we don't tolerate any of that. Do we? You can tell the truth. Zero. 
None. Zero. Thank you. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I have women in my life. I have a wife. I have a daughter. Two daughters. A niece. A mother-in-law. Many women in my life. And I want them treated with respect. I don't want them assaulted. I don't want them demeaned. I don't expect them to get special privileges. That's not the way the Levins work. But on the other hand, I don't want them abused. You know, the golden rule is a good rule. These various companies, you have to take these courses. It's amazing. These big companies, you have to take a course. I'm basically... Conduct in the office. Did you take one of those courses, Mr. Producer? And I said, why am I taking this course? I have some basic rules. Don't say nasty things to people. And keep your hands to yourself. Those two rules seem to work pretty well in my life. And it was good rules to live by. Let's see if Mr. Bloomberg is given the Trump treatment at tomorrow night's Democrat debate with the journalistic moderators. Let's see if Mr. Sanders is aggressively questioned about his anti-Semitism and the attraction he brings to his campaign from Jew haters. Let's see if he goes off on Netanyahu and Trump if the moderators have the skills to bring him back to center and to confront him. Let's watch, shall we? We know what the answer is. But what the hell? I'll be right back. Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. We're going to be making some exciting changes over at Levin TV and the Blaze TV Network, too, all to enhance to enhance your viewing experience over there. And I'm not at liberty to announce it yet, but it's coming very soon, actually. So um, I'm very excited about that. We've got a wonderful lineup of uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin programs. Kicking off on Benjamin Netanyahu, a new three-year uh, extension of the program, thanks to you. As long as you watch it. If you don't watch it, I'll pull the plug. Honestly, I'm just being honest. 
Um, we have uh, all kinds of exciting things going on. And it's for thanks to you. Our podcast is massively expanding. I just looked at some of the ratings coming in for our radio program. Our flagship, the one that I looked at, WABC. We continue to hit grand slams as a result of you, our listening audience. It's quite amazing, given the time slot that we're in. So I want to thank you in every which way that I know how. Now, ladies and gentlemen, how about taking 10 or even 15 years off your appearance with the new Genesel jawline treatment? No more turkey neck, double chin, or sagging jawline. Works amazingly well. Just listen to Linda B. from Marina Del Rey. She said, I love your jawline cream. It really works. I mean, really, I see a difference. People never believe my age because it works. And guys, by the way, it works for you too. And right now, the brand new Genesel jawline treatment is yours free when you order Genesel for bags and puffiness under the eyes. And for 12 hours results, 12 hour results, the Genesel to media effects is also free. Say goodbye to that double chin, under eye bags, and even those laugh lines and crow's feet are gone. Guaranteed or your money back, and that's the key. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com, 800-SKIN-604. Order now. Get the Genesel XV Collagen Builder and Eyelid Lift free. All orders upgraded to free express shipping. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. <clears throat> you know, I dare say, if I were to pick at random seven, eight, nine, ten people in this audience to ask questions at the Democrat debate tomorrow night, it would be a far more compelling, interesting, substantive, and useful debate they with the knuckleheads they'll use tomorrow night. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I cannot tell you how proud I am of this president. I don't just defend anybody. And I just don't defend to defend. He's made a statement as an example. That as president, he has every right to interfere in a criminal case. That is a statement of constitutional fact. Most presidents are not brave enough to do it, even though some of them do interfere. FDR interfered repeatedly. So did others. Donald Trump has not. But he said he's chosen not to. There's no a war against the Department of Justice. 
There is a war against the Department of Justice organized by leftists in Congress, leftists in the media, and leftists who are funded by billionaires and their front groups. Dressed up as a petition, an association of judges, or what have you. This Justice Department, unlike the prior Justice Department, is among the cleanest Justice Departments I've ever seen. There are no scandals. There's been no interference in elections. There's been no interference in the Roger Stone sentencing. How can the Department of Justice interfere in something that is its responsibility? The Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, really is one of the greatest Attorney Generals of modern times. Now, I feel I serve the greatest Attorney General of modern times. Edwin Meese. But I can tell you, Ed Meese is enormously proud of Bill Barr. Bill Barr is a very, very special man. He's a statesman. He sees the long road of history. He understands what's taking place around him, what's swirling around him. The mob. He gets it. But he stands firm. Despite the fact that these funnel clouds keep bouncing around. He stands firm. He's Mr. Rule of Law. That's why they attack him. They accuse their enemies of what they are and what they do. Can you imagine Chuck Schumer running the Department of Justice? Or Nancy Pelosi? Of course not. But there is an onslaught, it's organized, it's tactical against the Attorney General and the Department of Justice right now by the Democrat Party, by the media, by their think tanks and their academics. It's organized, it's relentless. These aren't people who care about the rule of law and justice and due process. These are people who want to use the Department of Justice The way Obama used it, the way Holder and Loretta Lynch used it, the way Comey used it. Not one of those people signing a petition, not one of these judges, this association of federal judges, got together and condemned what the FBI did to Donald Trump and his campaign. And condemned what the FBI did with the FISA court. Not one of them. Not one of them stood up against a silent coup. Not one of them. How come this association of federal judges didn't get together when Barack Obama was trashing the Supreme Court? They didn't didn't have an emergency meeting then, did they? They didn't have an emergency meeting. When the Democrats in the Senate were destroying Robert Bork, who'd been a federal judge, they didn't have an emergency meeting. When the Democrats were destroying Clarence Thomas, who'd been a federal judge, not once. Just to remind you, computer systems and cars are the new normal, of course from electronically controlled transmissions 
to touchscreen displays, to dozens of sensors. But all this advanced tech is expensive to fix if and when it breaks. That's why we have CarShield for our 2010 Camaro. CarShield is affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield has helped over 1 million customers. So drive with confidence, knowing you got coverage from America's number one auto protection provider. Whether you have 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, it's inevitable. Something's going to break. Get covered by CarShield today. Call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN. You'll get 10% off. Or go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use code LEVIN, and you'll save 10%. Either way. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, or 800-CAR-6000, code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. So the United States Department of Justice, the Attorney General, the senior staff over there are under assault by the same people who went after Kavanaugh, by the same people who went after President Trump, by the same people, really, who went after Bork and Thomas. Those people. They don't believe in the rule of law. They're anarchists. They only believe in the rule of law when they have an iron fist to control over us and you. Now, I started this yesterday and I want to continue it. There's a senator from Connecticut, and his name is Chris Murphy. And this piece was in The Federalist, Molly Hemingway. And I read from it last night. You can read it, too. It's on the Internet, on the Federalist site. It's a great site. Senator Chris Murphy had a secret meeting with the foreign minister of Iran. He never told the Secretary of State. He never told any official in the executive branch. Never told the Secretary of Defense. He had a meeting in Munich on his own. As reported by Molly Hemingway. And on the American Greatness site, Senator Chris Murphy admitted this morning that he and several other Democrats did indeed hold a secret meeting with Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Javad Zarif during the Munich Security Conference last week, arguing it would be dangerous not to meet clandestinely with Iranian officials. Now, isn't this precious? The Logan Act. You know, some people are quick to say the Logan Act doesn't apply to Congress. Who says? The Logan Act doesn't say it doesn't apply to Congress. The argument is that the speech and debate clause and other elements of separation of powers would suggest it doesn't apply to members of Congress. It's never been tested. It's never been tested. We don't know that. It's an arcane law, but it was used to take down Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. It was used as a pretext to investigate him. So why would I throw it out the window when it comes to Chris Murphy? This guy's a sleazeball. He's the worst. Among the worst. He goes on and on and on about the president in Ukraine interfering in an election 
because the great Joe Biden, you know, he's on a juggernaut to win. And his wonderful son is hired because of all of his wisdom and judgment. That's it. Case closed. The press said there's nothing here. There must be nothing there. But Murphy's been one of the leaders of this mob. One of the leaders of the mob going after the President of the United States. And here he is going around the administration, going around the executive branch, around the Secretary of State, holding clandestine meetings, he and other thugs in his party, with the Islamo-Nazi foreign minister of Iran. And the Secretary of State knows nothing about it. And he defends his meeting in a post at Medium.com and on Twitter. Quote, I met with Iranian foreign minister, he can't spell foreign, in Munich. But he can spell Munich. Imagine that. It's dangerous not to talk to adversaries, especially amidst a cycle of escalation. Hey, hey, pal. It's not a matter of talking to adversaries or not. You don't get to make that decision. Well, Congress can't. You're not Congress. You're one dimwit among many dimwits. You're one senator among 100. You're one member among 535. You don't represent anybody but the nutmeg state. You don't set foreign policy, you jackass. It's dangerous not to talk to adversaries. What does that have to do with anything? The meeting took place in Zarif's hotel suite, which means it was bugged. Other Democrats attending the conference included Senators Robert Menendez. This guy's always one banana peel away from slipping into federal prison. Chris Van Hollen. Chris Van Hollen, the invisible man. Nasty piece of work, that guy. And former Secretary of State John Kerry. He's certainly not a member of Congress, is he? John Kerry constantly plotting against this administration with the enemy, just did with the communists, North Vietnamese and Viet Cong, plotted against the American soldiers when he lied repeatedly and testified in front of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And his great hero, the well-known segregationist, James William Fulbright. Bill Clinton's mentor. And the American soldier, like Genghis Khan. I can't do John Kerry, unless I have a mouthful of applesauce. Secretary Pompeo blasted Kerry in the past for conducting what he called unseemly and unprecedented shadow diplomacy with Iran. And of course he's right. Of course these were, oh, look at this. We're interfering in an election. The president's interfering in an election by telling the Ukrainians, what the hell was the vice president of the United States doing? Telling the Ukraine what prosecutor can investigate his son? Wow, we got to impeach Trump for asking that question. Well, if we had to impeach Trump, we must expel Chris Murphy, Van Hollen, and Menendez. 
And the Logan Act must be used against all of them, and especially John Kerry. What's fair is fair. What's fair is fair. I wonder what John Bolton thinks about all this. By the way, John, you used me, used many of your friends, and many of your allies, and we will never forget it. I'm ashamed to know you. You think you're pretty clever right now? You're a disgrace. It has nothing to do with Trump. Any national security advisor conducting his or herself, himself or herself, the way you are, is a disgrace. Undermines the office of the presidency, undermines the Constitution. I hope they paid you a lot. Because you sold your character and your soul. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you own a home, especially if you have equity, consider this fair warning. Home title theft can literally cost you your home. Forbes ran a story on home title theft. Did you see that? And how it's everywhere. More importantly, neither your insurance nor bank protects you. Home Title Lock does. For pennies a day, Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title. This is how you protect your most valuable asset, or you could end up like Deborah. Criminal searched online and found the title to her home. It's not hard, because all home titles are online now. They forged Deborah's signature, refiled the title, claiming she sold it, and borrowed eighty-five grand on her home. She got an eviction notice for non-payment of loans she never took out. That is a calamity. Protect yourselves. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. If so, call the police. If not... Register your home for 60 risk-free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. So what's going to happen to Chris Murphy of Connecticut? Nothing. What's going to happen to Comey? Nothing. What's going to happen to McCabe? Nothing. What's going to happen to Stroke and Page? Nothing. What's going to happen to the federal FISA judges who looked the other way and signed off on unconstitutional counterterrorism warrants against the Trump campaign? Nothing. What's going to happen to Barack Obama, under whom all of this occurred? He'll get Academy Awards. He'll get Netflix deals. He and the missus will get awards from Glamour magazines. 
and they're worth about a quarter of a billion dollars right now. See, Donald Trump came into office a wealthy man. I thought about this, so I posted something on this. Barack Obama is a small little man. He doesn't believe in economic growth, so why does he try to take credit from the president? He believes in redistribution of wealth, not economic growth. There's not a single thing Barack Obama did to grow the economy. He grew other economies overseas because money left the country, but he didn't grow ours. Could he name one thing he did to spur economic growth? Cut taxes, raise taxes. Cut regulations, raise regulations. Punishing regulations. Put coal companies out of business, electric companies out of business, steel companies out of business. So I thought to myself, somebody did benefit from the Obama presidency. It was Obama. Nobody else did. Obama became a multi, multi-millionaire as a result of being president of the United States. Al Gore became a multi, multi-millionaire as a result of being vice president of the United States. The Clintons acquired about a quarter of a billion dollars as a result of having served in the White House. And yet it's Donald Trump's bank accounts they want to look at. It's Donald Trump's businesses that they attack. It's Donald Trump's children that they attack. When all the rest of them are a bunch of crony bastards who have used their positions to enrich themselves. Emoluments, if you will. Even Bernie Sanders. The Groucho Marx. The Groucho Marx of the Marx clan. Multi-millionaire. While he's attacking capitalism. They're all such frauds and fakes. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, We just hit over 2 million Twitter followers. Now, let me tell you about my Twitter followers versus most of the rest. They're real followers. There's no fakes in there, right, Mr. Producer? We don't pad. We don't pay to pad. Everybody plays this game, except me. Over at Facebook, we have, what, about a million and a half followers? So about a million and a half over there, about over 2 million on Twitter, and I don't even promote them enough, and I really ought to start. Then on our podcast, we're at about $5 million a month. And then we have our radio, which is through the roof. Every week, maybe $18 million, $15 million. I'm not even talking about the Fox broadcast or anything of that sort. So uh, we've, 
on these various media platforms. We don't fear these platforms. We embrace them. Yet a lot of people on talk radio feared podcasting. I said, no, let's go with it. Long ago, yet a lot of people didn't want to use Facebook. Remember that, Mr. Producer? This is many years ago. I said, let's do it. Well, what are we going to do now? There's Twitter. Let's do that too. Don't fear it. Embrace it. Use it to our advantage. <clears throat> Can't beat it anyway. But I want to thank you because we really are ubiquitous as a... Uh, this is the Mark Levin show industry in many respects because of you. President of the United States. You know what? He's looking really good, isn't he, Mr. Producer? He seems happy. He looks much more fit and trim. He's ready for battle. He's sharp as hell. Don't let these never-Trumpers and the billionaires who, who fund their front groups and the left tell you any, anything else. I've met a lot of smart people in my life. And by God, he's a smart guy. I mean, really smart. Which is part of what drives them nuts. So, Joint Base Andrews. We used to call this Andrews Air Force Base, but apparently it's a joint base now. President of the United States leaving for a swing on the left coast. Count one, go. People like that, but you know, everybody has the right to speak their mind, and I use social media. I guess I use it well because here I am. I'm here. And I probably wouldn't have gotten here without social media because I certainly don't get fair press. So I wouldn't have gotten here without social media, and perhaps with all of the hoaxes, you had the impeachment hoax, you had the Mueller hoax, you had the Russia, Russia, Russia nonsense, all the scams. And if I didn't have social media, I probably wouldn't be here. So I'm very happy with social media, but I think he's doing an excellent job. He's a strong guy. I never spoke to him about the Roger Stone situation. Roger Stone, just so you know, never worked. He didn't work for my campaign. There might have been a time way early, long before I announced, where he was somehow involved a little bit. But he was not involved in our campaign at all. And I think it was a very, very rough thing that happened to Roger Stone. Because when you look at what happens with Comey after a 78-page horrific report, when you look at what happened to McCabe with a recommendation of prosecution, and you look at all of these other people, and then you look at what happened to General Flynn, a highly respected man. Look at, I mean, his life has been destroyed. You look at a Roger Stone for a tweet and some other things. You take a look at what's happening to these people. Somebody has to stick up for the people. And you know what? He's speaking facts. Facts. And in addition to that, he's a loyal guy. He's sticking up for people he knows and who's been supportive of him and who are friends of his. These are all attributes. Somebody with a real character. Not like a Joe Scarborough or Mika Brzezinski or... Fredo Cuomo, or Don Lemon, or you, you can name the list of reprobates. Speaking the truth and defending people he knows. And he walks you through it very logically. Cut to go. 
Has the Attorney General threatened to resign over your tweets? And then also he said that your comments on Twitter are making it impossible to do his well, job. Are you making his job me, impossible? Yeah, I do make his job harder. I do agree with that. I think that's true. He's a very straight shooter. We have a great Attorney General. Now, now, now just stop there. <clears throat> Listen to how honest the guy is. The president. Yeah, I, I make his job tougher. I probably do. He's a hard worker and he's, you know, he tells the truth. Is that not refreshing, Rich? Go ahead. And he's working against a lot of people that don't want to see good things happen, in my opinion. That's my opinion, not his opinion. That's my opinion. You'll have to ask what his opinion is. But I will say this. Uh... Social media for me has been very important because it gives me a voice because I don't get that voice in the press, in the media. I don't get that voice. Mm-hmm. And that's why they want him to shut it down. You know? Yeah. Got to rely on CNN. That'll work. Let's continue. Cut three. Go. Oh yeah, he's a very—he's a man with great integrity. The attorney general. Now now let's just stop here a second. The media are trashing Barr. The Democrats are trashing Barr. The phony petitioners are trashing Barr. The billionaires with the front groups are trashing Barr. The academic morons are trashing Barr. And then she has the nerve to say to the president, "Do you you think? Do you still have trust in him? He still have integrity? Do you think he can do a good job?" It's the president who's defending Barr. Go ahead. Now, just so you understand, I chose not to be involved. I'm allowed to be totally involved. I'm actually, I guess, the chief law enforcement officer of the country. But I've chosen not to be involved. But he is a man of great integrity. And that, and that is a constitutional truism. The president is ahead of all the people doubting him and questioning him. Under the Constitution, there's nothing that prevents the president from intervening in criminal cases. It's a bad idea. But that's a separate point. And he's made the point. He said, look, I have the authority to do it, but I've chosen not to. He's correct. Now, cut four, go. I saw that there's a Senator Murphy... uh met with the Iranians? Is that a fact? I just saw that on the way over. Is there anything that I should know? Because that sounds like to me a violation of the Logan Act. Now stop there. I'm reading some commentators saying, well, the Logan Act doesn't apply to members of Congress. They have no idea whether it applies to members of Congress because it's never been applied. First of all, it's never really been litigated, but for once, and certainly never been applied against members of Congress. But they tried to use it against General Flynn as a pretext for setting him up. But I have no idea if it applies to members of Congress or not. It's a throwback law. I don't even like the law, but it is what it is. And the Democrats wave it around all the time. The media wave it around all the time. Okay, well, good. I'm one of those that believes in an eye for an eye. That's right, I said it. An eye for an eye. And by the way, this is why commentators hate me. They like people who are more soft-spoken, which I can be, of course. Can be intellectually engaging, which, of course, I am. But why does he have to raise his voice? Why? Because I'm a normal human being. I'm a regular guy. That's why.
and when people are trying to destroy your country and destroy your president and destroy your constitution, you might want to show a little bit of passion along with cerebral thought. That's right. The media could care less about Chris Murphy. They don't care. He met with the Iranians. Could care less. Who he meets with, what he does with them, fine by them. He's just another puppet, another clown that they use to go after Trump. They're not going to be consistent. Why should they be consistent? A lot of talk about who this anonymous is. Lots of rumors out there. The White House thinks they know who it is. Cut five, go. There's a search underway for Anonymous. Remember Anonymous? Yeah, there is. is. Uh, it's not so much a search. I uh, I I know who it is. Who is it? Can't tell you that. Why not? Why not? Why not? But I know who it is. But we won't, uh, we won't get into it. Uh, people, know it's, people know it's a fraud. I know who it is, and I know who some of the leakers are. But some of the leakers don't exist. It's made up by the press. So, you know, they say... Nine people have said, or two people have said, <laughs> those people don't exist. But no, I know all about uh, Anonymous. I know a lot about the leakers, too. We know a lot. In fact, when I want to get something out to the press, I tell certain people, and it's amazing. It gets out there. But so far, I'm leaving it that way. I love this guy. Don't you love this guy, Rich? He is so good. He is so rational, so down to earth. This is what they hate about him. No pretenses whatsoever. None. And when he's gone, we're going to miss him very, very much. But we have to fight to make sure he gets another term. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Sam Donaldson, you might remember Sam Donaldson. He was one of the early sort of design setters who used crazy glue to glue a cat to his head. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Uh, To cover up his bald spot. That damn thing was on his head the rest of his life. Well, they dusted him off. He was obnoxious during the Reagan years, and he's obnoxious now. And he is in an ad endorsing Bloomberg for president. 
See, all, all, the, all the limits are off. All the guardrails are off now. The media are out of the closet. Old media, new media, doesn't matter. They're totally out of the closet. Cut six, go. I'm Sam Donaldson. I was a reporter in Washington for 52 years. I've covered every political campaign for the presidency in this country, beginning with Barry Goldwater through George W. Bush. Donald J. Trump is a threat to the country. He doesn't understand our Constitution. He doesn't seem to care about a lot of people. Donald Trump doesn't understand the world. I've never seen any presidential campaign that I think was as important as this one is because we never had the country in the hands of someone who I think is not qualified to be president. We want to say our president not only knows how to do it, but he's a great leader, a great role model for our children, and a great person that the rest of the world looks up to. Bloomberg can do it. I'm backing Mike Bloomberg. He understands people. He proved that as mayor of New York. And Bloomberg can beat Trump. What an idiot. Would this be the Bloomberg who trashes farmers and uh, blue-collar workers because he cares about people? Would this be the Bloomberg who said old people who are very ill shouldn't get medical care? He cares about people? Is this the Bloomberg who talked about taking black kids and throwing them up against the wall, Latino kids? Is that the guy that cares about people? I mean, is this a joke? Is this the Bloomberg? We just read a piece in part from the Business Insider, a... And a, a radical left site talking about the kind of horror that the women experienced in Bloomberg Inc. You don't hear about that at Trump Inc., but you hear about it in Bloomberg Inc. No problem. Sam Donaldson, who was a liar during the Reagan administration and is a liar now, in my humble opinion, Cutting an ad for Mike Bloomberg. Because you see, Mike Bloomberg knows what he's doing. He can bring the country together. Does Bloomberg sound like he can bring the country together? I've been talking about the war on the Department of Justice. And this war is being led by the media, as usual, and the Democrats and academia. And one of the people who's leading this war against the Department of Justice is your typically stupid, predictable, monotonous, Joey Scarborough. You can hear his mommy now. Joey! Joey! What? Take your hands off the electrical wire. Joey! <coughs> Come in the house! Pick up your clothes! No, Ma! Then he got that part in Deliverance on the bridge with the banjo. Ding, 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 ding. Don't we have our Joe Scarborough music? We'll have to find it in the future. We need to continue to use it. We used to use it all the time. So if you take a good look at Joe, Mika married the, the banjo player on the bridge as he grew up. Good job, Mika. But then again, she's a Brzezinski. Cut seven, go. As you look at Bill Barr and what he's done... And you, you look at the fact that he Why has... do I feel like I'm talking to a guy who's really slow? And you understand what I mean? You look at Bill Barr, what he's done. You couldn't hold a candle to Bill Barr. You moron. Go ahead. 
to destroy mission against all of the president's political perceived political opponents that the president concocted when he talked about Barack Obama tapping the phones at Trump Tower back in March of 2017. And he is chasing down every conspiracy theory that the president is putting forward at the same time. And more disturbingly, Bill Barr is is providing aid and comfort to the president's allies, to Roger Stone, one of the president's longest political allies. The two have been politically inseparable through the decades. Uh, and so for the attorney general to intervene in sentencing, when we're talking about one of the president's closest political allies, it's just beyond the pale. It is an impeachable offense, but of course, lying to Congress is also impeachable offense. And Bill Barr did that a very long time yes. ago. His analysis is so sharp. I've never heard anybody so profound. He burps up profundity after profundity. He could do a one-man play. Yes, he could. In a padded room for the other inmates. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Levin Show. This is the home of the July 4th Americans. And you can call at 877-381-3811. You might remember Sam Donaldson. There was a Washington Compost article, Senator Alphonse D'Amato, who uh, was the predecessor to Chucky Schmucky Schumer. He took to the Senate floor one day and he blasted Sam Donaldson for collecting $100,000 in federal sheep subsidies. Federal sheep subsidies. One of the highest paid media personalities in the United States. And he wouldn't comment to the Wall Street Journal when they contacted him. He was the third largest recipient of wool and mohair payments in Lincoln County, New Mexico, where he operated a sheep and Angora goat ranch. Then he would later agree to do an interview for damage control. He said the report was essentially correct, but he denied any wrongdoing. It's not a tax dodge or a hobby, he said. No intention of giving the money back either. 
Now he's out there doing ads for uh, a billionaire, Mike Bloomberg, and it'll have no impact whatsoever. In fact, little kids will look at TV and be scared to death. Oh, my God, Mommy, what is that? What, what is on that man's head? What's on his head? Everybody's always asked that. What's on Sam Donaldson's head? You know, where's Waldo, that book and so it's Where's Sam Donaldson's hair? There's like three of them. Him, Schumer, and Biden. They all went a different direction. Obviously, obviously, yes, Sam Donaldson decided that he would crazy glue a cat to his head. And that, there it is. Um... Chuck Schumer's a cheap bastard, so he went to a corner tattoo parlor and a cornrow enterprise. And uh, they did his hair, and they basically take these, these sort of air nail guns. You ever see them, Mr. Producer? Where you shoot the nails into the wood with the air guns? Well, they shoot the hair into your head in cornrows. And uh, then you have Joe Biden. Joe Biden uh, went to a knitter who knitted his hair into his head. It didn't, didn't work very well. So there you have the three examples. Me, I just leave, leave it alone. God wanted me to have hair, I'd have hair. Just the way it is. Senator Maisie Hirono, you would think is kind of a weird fictional figure. Weird fictional figure, but it's sadly not the case. She's a real senator. Maisie Hirono, who would have thought? But there she is, casting votes. Telling Schumer, how should I vote? Maisie's a real statesman in the United States Senate, you must admit. One day they will chisel her words right into the wall. Like graffiti. She's an idiot. Why Hawaii sends us this idiot, I will never know. I mean, if you're going to make that flight, for God's sakes, which goes on and on and on and on, at least send somebody who's got an IQ higher than a coconut. But no, you send us Maisie Hirono. Anyway, Maisie Hirono was on MSLSD today is where you would find her. MSLSD is, has a well-worn reputation as sort of the mental institution of broadcasting. Home to Al Sharpton, among others. Here's Maisie. Cut eight. Go. With this administration and this president, the, the rule of law, the independent judiciary, checks and balances... Out the window. Really? And this is why you have so many former uh, attorneys for the Department of Justice, over 2,000 or so now, who have called on Bill Barr to resign because they're very concerned with the uh, Department of Justice being Macy, Macy, can you name five of them? Name five of them. Now, we talked about how this billionaire and his front group put this petition together. 2,000, 3,000... There are over 30,000 trained climatologists, scientists, 
physicists, meteorologists, who signed a petition that global warming is not man-made. Have you ever heard them cite a single one of those scientists? Not one. So some petitions are worth more than others. If I put a petition together in my audience, we can get 2,000 signatures in literally 50 seconds. If I were to do that to say, Maisie Hirono should resign because she's a horse's ass, do you think that would have any effect whatsoever? Of course not. But their petitions are very, very important. Very important. And everybody wants petitions from lawyers. Wow, over 2,000 slip and fall lawyers, perhaps some ambulance chasers thrown in for good measure, want the Attorney General to resign. Well, you'll have to think about that, I think. Go ahead. Uh, So all of these people and groups are coming together who are very concerned about the rule of law in this country. And it's a concern that many of us who sit on the Judiciary Committee, the Democrats anyway, have been expressing for some months. And in fact, Andrew, I had called... Ah, Shut up, you blowhard. Rambling on like a buffoon. Rambling on like a buffoon. Come to think of it, that would be Joe Biden. And it wouldn't be a program without rambling off like a buffoon Joe Biden. Guess what? He thinks Barr should resign. And I'm sure Bill Barr's sitting there, well, if Joe Biden says it, then I better resign. Nobody knows more than Joe Biden. Nobody's more of a King Solomon-type figure than Joe Biden. Nobody has better judgment. So if Joe Biden thinks I better resign, boy, I better. And he's being interviewed by Nicole Wallace. Nicole Wallace. I better hold back. Cut nine, go. So we have been talking about the letter signed by more than 2,000. Oh, my God. You know, I don't know what's worse. These former Republicans who go on there, who sound awful, sound like they they just sound like uh, mental patients. But they've never been celebrated so thoroughly when Nicole Wallace was a failed Republican consultant to John McCain among nobody Nicole why Wallace the hell is that Nicole two L's or one oh Nicole Wallace that idiot now she's a host on MSNBC you know that's where uh, Michael Steele now shows up on MSNBC you wonder what happened to him he went into the witness protection program known as MSNBC, where he sits there and trashes the president. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So we have been talking about the letter signed by more than 2,000 former Justice Department officials. See how it works? We talked about this yesterday, the organization behind this, how they got their petition going. Everybody knows it. It's out there now. I put it out there now. doesn't matter. This is the narrative. So there's over 2,000. Ladies and gentlemen, I have over 7,000 Trump at a book signing. Don't I, Mr. Producer? Oh, look at this. 2,000 signed a petition. Oh, my God. He better resign. Go ahead. Political parties calling on Attorney General Barr to resign. Do you join their calls for his resignation? Wow, what a tough question for Biden. 
No, I'm a man of principle. I stand up for the Attorney General. While I may not agree with him, he's a man of great honor. I've known him for a long time. This is his second round. And Anyone expect anything like that from this moron? Of course not. Go. Absolutely positive. This has been the most, the greatest abuse of power I have ever seen. Really? At the hands of this president who has no, no sense of decency or understanding of the oh, Constitution. Oh, so Trump has no sense of decency whatsoever and no understanding of the Constitution. Now, those are flat out stupid comments. <clears throat> stupid comments. Let me give you an example, Joe. You have Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. He's a crook. He's a punk. President of the United States. He's got Eric Trump, class act. Don Jr., class act. Ivanka, class act. You've got Hunter. So don't give me this no decency whatsoever. The way you treated Bork and Clarence Thomas and others, that was indecent. And you're the one who bragged about working with segregationists. We can go on and on about the life and times of Joe Biden, but why bore ourselves? Go ahead. And bars are facilitating it is beyond my comprehension. I've been around a long time. A lot's beyond beyond your comprehension. That's not the standard. If that was the standard, we'd be a dumb country. Don't even go there, Biden. You can't hold a candle to Bill Barr. You guys can keep trying to destroy Bill Barr, keep trashing his leadership at the Department of Justice. But it's not going to work. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. By the way, I want to apologize to National Pubic Radio, I mean National Public Radio, to all their media supporters out there, the New York Slimes, Washington Compost. I'm sorry, I I dared to suggest, I, I don't understand why there's a National Pubic uh, Public Radio, given there are thousands of commercial radio stations. Thousands of podcasts. Tens of thousands of ways to communicate that never existed. I'm sorry I touched this third rail of liberalism. 
And we're reminded over and over again by the Public Broadcasting Service, the umbrella organization, that they only take a little bit of your tax dollars. Otherwise, they're out there begging for money to pay the high salaries of their network broadcasters. Selling old discs of Johnny Carson in the fifth dimension in order to raise funds. Because, you know, without them, there'd be no Big Bird. And who could live without Frontline? Um, I've offered before to buy Big Bird, the profitable aspects of PBS. We could make a commercial going of it. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, President of the United States has recommended stiff cuts at National Public, uh, Public Radio. And he did it, you see, because Mark Levin dared to ask... What do we need it for? And the president retweeted. It's a good question. First of all, the president doesn't need me to tell him anything. Secondly, it's a great question. Why are we subsidizing liberal, phony, pseudo-elitist radio? When there's all kinds of radio, all kinds of TV out there, and those programs that are really, really important and really interesting will make it on their own. What is this? And the New York Times runs to the barricades to defend their friends at NPR from right-wingers. From right-wingers and the attack from right-wingers. My God. So I want to apologize. How dare I even think about getting rid of NPR? How could you live without NPR, those great hosts? Can you name a host over there, Mr. Producer? Neither can I. The only program I ever liked was the uh, Clapper Brothers. And unfortunately, as a result of the death of one, they're not on anymore. So they run reruns. That's it, the Clapper Brothers. Funny guys. Instead, it's the same moaning, droning, liberal tripe. What do you think, Frank? I don't know, Howard. What do you think, Sally? I don't know. What do you think? I think, whatever, think, just think, you know, think. Anyway, folks, I want to thank you very much for being in this audience. I will be gone the rest of this week and Monday. I'll be traveling tomorrow, traveling on Monday to come back. I'm heading out to Israel to interview the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, on the Sunday show on Life, Liberty, and Levin. I won't be here to promote it, so I hope you'll watch it. Right before a very, very historic election. It's an exclusive interview. You will not see another one of this sort. And you won't see it on Sunday, that's for sure. I love you all. Thank you all. And I'll see you next week. God bless. God bless.